You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you there. The uh, The band is like, uh, you know, taking it in a different direction as we get going here. You know, it's 888-528-2557. By the way, if you're watching, you can always watch the live stream on KKLA.com. We got a new chair in here, and I feel I'm happy with it because I'm a lot taller. Am I still fitting in the screen? Can I put myself in jail? Yeah, you better put yourself in the uh, Pastor Scott Show jail there. Uh, We will pardon you and get you out, though, because that's what we do, you know. Uh, 888-528-2557. So, you know, I'm liking that. You ever sit in a chair that's like too low at a table and you can't really adjust it? You know, I've had that going on. But now I'm 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 up there. You know, my, my feet are dangling on the chair, though. That's weird. Is it nice not having to readjust every break? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, so uh, uh, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, just having some fun with everybody, which we want to do, okay? So what we do in our program is we talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. There's a whole lot that we can do to uh, to take a look, take a little bit deeper look. Sometimes it's hard to do with the, uh, the politics, of course, big stories of the day. Uh, New Hampshire, not really surprising, I think, what happened yesterday. Um, probably we can say, you know, with confidence, at least for the moment, that the presidential election will be between President Biden and President Trump. President Biden, uh, even in a write-in campaign, we talked about that a little bit earlier and why that was, uh, got 55% or something like that of vote, which is pretty good for, for write-ins. It's very difficult to uh, to do that. And uh, President Trump uh, defeated Nikki Haley by uh, a good, uh, what would you say, uh, a good 12 points, almost 12 points uh, there. Um, and uh, let's see. I want to go through a couple of the things that uh, she had to say here. And I'm going to have to put myself here in the, in, the, in the jail because I'm not finding the button that I want on here. You know, uh, 888-528-2557. If the election, you know, it's, as of the end of January here, January 24th, uh, who do you think is going to win? Not, not who do you want to win. Totally different question. This isn't who you hope wins or who you want to win. Who do you think is going to win the presidential? Should we do a little poll? We got to find a way to actually poll people with that. I'm curious at what you think. It's a completely different question. So I'm not interested in who you want to, for this question, for who you want to win. Who do you think is actually going to win the presidency uh, this year? 888-528-2557. is uh, the number. Where is that? Why can't I find that? Anyway, I'll come back to that. Anyway, so Nikki Haley, uh, some of her remarks as she began uh, talking this way. For a lot of people, politics is way too personal. It's not personal for me. I voted for Trump twice. I was proud to serve America in his cabinet. I agree with many of his policies. I decided to run because I'm worried about the future of our country and because it's time to put the negativity and chaos behind us. So Nikki Haley, uh, who came in second, she has something to... uh, to say I think that she has done well because she started at 2% and she ended up with, uh, you know, in the 40s. And uh, that's pretty good. You still got to win, though. 
and I'm not sure I'm not sure that she's really going to to keep going. She's going into South Carolina. She's ignoring Nevada, which is actually next. It's a caucus in Nevada, but none of the candidates are there, so that one's really not even going to be all that interesting. And then South Carolina is her home state. So I think what she's betting on is she wants to see if now that it's just her and Donald Trump, if the polls shift in her direction. Uh, I think she wants to do that. And I'll get into something that happens with politics. I don't know that this is going to matter. I think Donald Trump operates differently. But there's also the vice presidential sweepstakes coming up, right, is who's he going to pick? And, uh, you know, when you come out and uh, she she had some attacks for Donald Trump that were new, tacked him on his age a little bit and some other stuff. Um, but she also is complimentary in different ways. You know, this is not personal. I voted for Donald Trump twice and uh, I agree with a lot of his policies. You know, I think and I know that not everybody likes this or agrees with it, but there is a real good chance. And even though Donald Trump the other day said that he probably, probably wouldn't pick her as vice president, he didn't close the door on it. And do not be surprised that she stays in the race long enough that it becomes clear to him that he ought to do that. I don't know. Uh, and, and does it matter? I don't know. 888-528-2557. Who do you think will be who will win the election? Not who do you think who do you want to win? Who do you think is going to win the presidential election? Peter in Thousand Oaks, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott, how are you? I'm good, Peter. How are you? Wonderful, thanks. So I will always vote Republican, but sadly, if it's between Trump and Biden, I'm pretty certain that Biden is going to win. And not that he's going to win fairly. I just think that, uh, you know, Trump is a polarizing person. <laughs> you, know, you either love him or you hate him. And the Democrats hate him with a passion. You know, if it was DeSantis or Haley, you know, somebody like that, I think the Democrats could sleep at night losing to somebody like that quite all right. Another politician, one of them. But they hate Trump so much that they will go to any length necessary to win, just like they did in 2020. So you, so. you worry that the fix is in, uh, oh, essentially, it's, it's on that. So you think Biden... Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people, I think, feel that way. They're discouraged. I think it comes down to, though, are people, are Republicans, who normally vote Republicans, are they going to come out and vote, or are they going to not vote for Trump? Uh, the Democratic side has the same problem going. There's a, there, Are they going to vote for Biden or vote for a third party? Um, it could be a very interesting um, election. It could be very different. You could have, uh, you're going to have Robert Kennedy Jr. in the mix probably if he's pulling down 15 or 20 percent. You know, how's that going to affect things? And what happens if a uh, third party gets in with the no labels, a, uh, a uh, Joe Manchin or a Mitt Romney, Chris Christie, all of those names are floating. They would be probably on the stage if there are any debates. Well, I can tell you this much. I, you know, the news shows both extremes. You know, Fox will show the right extreme. CNN will show the left extreme. But I don't think that represents the majority of the country. And I really think that we're just due for another party. You know, I was around when Ross Perot was going to win if he didn't drop out. And I think that if somebody strong does come in as a third party, they'll have a chance to win because – Quite candidly, I don't think no one in the country really wants either Biden or Trump. The only reason they're there is because 
That's what the media needs. The media needs Trump versus Biden. They don't DeSantis versus Biden. They lose ratings. They lose they millions lose money. and billions of dollars. There was an article about how Donald Trump raises money for every channel he's on. That uh, oh, yeah. like him or not, he's going to make money. And he used to say that when he was president. He used to say to CNN, you don't want me to lose because you guys are going to lose money. And he was right about that. He's absolutely right. Yeah. So they want, you know, whoever, and that's why we're discouraged, I think, as voters, because we're, we don't even have the right candidates to begin with. Neither of them are the right candidates. How do we have better candidates in, uh, in general? I mean, when was the last time we had an election that we didn't say, I'm voting for the lesser of two evils? We've always, we've had that. I'm 44 years old, and I've had that in every single election where, just like you said, I'm not going to the voting polls with confidence, like, yeah, I'm, this is my guy. You know, I can't wait for him to be in office. No, I'm doing my duty as a citizen but I'm just picking the lesser of the evils every single time. <clears throat> it's never been, you know, oh, I'm a, I'm a Trump. I'm a this. I'm mm-hmm. a, no, I just ha- I happen to vote Republican. I just you so know, you I, haven't I, felt like there's somebody that you're voting for. It's more about voting against. Exactly. Pretty much. Well, that might be the case. All right, Peter, thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. See, I'm curious about the difference between who do you think is actually going to win versus who are you for, right? So you, you're for, you know, Trump or Biden or you're for a third party. I know a lot of people who are for RFK or you're for, you know, somebody else. Uh, and uh, But, you know, if you are if you're for a Green Party candidate or if you are for the Libertarian candidate or you're for you know, some independent candidate, most of the time, do you really think they're going to win? You know, is Jill Stein going to be the next president of the United States? No, she's not. Uh, she might determine who it is, right? She's going to get 1% or 2% of the vote probably, and that could make a difference. Um, like it, it probably did. It probably made a difference in Trump getting elected in 2016. Uh, the Libertarian last time uh, probably made a difference in uh, Biden getting elected because more Republicans went with the Libertarian candidate. I think it's been a while. And you mentioned Ross Perot. <laughs> Can I say something here? Can I say something here? Ross Perot. Ross Perot, uh, he definitely cost uh, uh, George H.W. Bush the election. You know, when we talk about this, part of why I'm bringing it up is I also want us to flush out where does our hope come from? I think that the polls say that a lot of people agree with Peter. They would like both parties would prefer a different candidate. That's what the polls say. Um, you know, and the polls say that uh, the country is on the wrong track. We've been saying that actually for years. Do you know that for 50 years since they've been doing these right track, wrong track polls, you know, what direction do you, is the country on the right track or the wrong track? except for in the mid-80s during the Reagan administration when it was about 50-50. That number has been uh, in the low 20s, even lower sometimes, on uh, right direction or wrong direction. There is a sense in our country, no matter, and that's Republican or Democrat administrations, that we're going the wrong way. And what I find curious about that over 50 years is why do we keep then voting in the same direction? Is it we don't feel like we have a choice? And where are people? I think part of the answer is that we have forgotten where our hope comes from, comes from the Lord. And I think that was a bigger thing in our country before. I also think that we have forgotten how important the local elections are. 
I'm going to talk a lot about that because we have our own May, you know, March 5th election coming up, and it matters. It matters a lot. Did you watch the uh, the Senate debate with uh, Steve Garvey in it uh, and uh, all the other candidates? Steve Garvey is the only Republican uh, running, and uh, if you know if you can't get into the Hall of Fame, maybe you become a senator. Uh, and I wonder how many people watched that or paid much attention to it. You know, the senators might have uh, a little more influence over our lives, but I'll tell you who else does. Your city council, your school board, your people who are running often, and these are often nonpartisan races. Now, you can figure out who the Democrat is and who the Republican is most of the time, but officially they're nonpartisan. And I think that one of the reasons that we struggle in this area is that as as people, we have not taken our local elections very seriously. We focus so much on what's happening in Washington, and we put so much attention on the president. And he matters, you know, for sure, but a lot of the things that bug us, it's because of local decisions that got made, not national decisions that got made. And I think that there is something to that. I think that there is something to whether or not we pray for all people. You know, First uh, Timothy 2 instructs us, you know, I urge then that first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, not just people you like, uh, but all people, for kings and all those in authority. Who And he's probably talking about Nero, for sure he's talking about, you know, the the kings and the Caesars of that day, and probably the time frame of this letter is, is Nero, who is the worst uh, leader that you can imagine. I promise you that Nero was a more evil person than the worst thing you think about Biden or Trump or anybody. It, Nero. And yet we're still supposed to pray for him. Uh, I think that that's something that we can do to be more effective. Heck, whoever you think is going to win, whoever you're going to vote for, we need to pray that that person does well, that that person is able to actually make good policy that would actually change their mind. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see leadership change their mind when the stats come in that says this isn't working. You know, we have the homeless crisis that is going crazy, and uh, we just keep doing the same thing all the time and electing the same people. I take offense at our policies and strategies. We keep doing the same thing on, you know, the border. We've been talking about that for decades. It's worse now than it's ever been. But, you know, the issue has been an issue for decades all of those things. Maybe we need to pray more and pay more attention to our local election. And maybe there's people listening who you've thought to yourself, you know what, I ought to run. You know, can you run and run for the purposes of good government, for the purposes of not just your side winning, but the purpose of good government, government and good governing? You know, there's always going to be disagreements. In fact, if you go back in our history, if you're discouraged by all of this, you can go back and read presidential campaigns that were nasty. I mean, John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson, probably the most nasty campaign, far worse than what was. They accused each other of all kinds of terrible, terrible things. And the stuff that Jackson accused John Quincy Adams of probably wasn't even true. The stuff that uh, Jackson was accused of probably was true, some of it. Uh, but it was bitter, and uh, they were, you know, adultery, and uh, we, I mean, we obviously have that today also, but murder and just, uh, you know, being a drunkard, all kinds of stuff. And you look at that and you go, somehow we survived. Somehow we moved on. We had some pretty lousy presidents in the mid-1800s, you know, pretty bad. The guy who was President Buchanan, you know, uh, you might think that our current people uh, around are the worst presidents we ever had, but they're not. Uh, President Buchanan universally is considered the worst president we ever had right before the Civil War. 
And part of it is because he didn't recognize how badly the nation was divided. He thought that slavery would ultimately be handled in the courts and that people would be fine with that. Whenever he left office, he told President Lincoln, who was just coming in, he said, if you're as happy to be here as I am to leave, then you're a very happy man. That's probably the only quote that's even worth it from uh, James Buchanan. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Ted, City of Angels, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, Ted, City of the Angels, uh, thank you so much. This topic I just had to share because I care, and I've said that before, and, and I was also influenced by one of your callers. I actually went and bought me a specific uh, Pastor Scott radio um, I, on my phone. Yeah, That's I what we need. Instead of, instead of mugs, Wilbert, we need to be selling transistor radios. It will, it will keep well, I, you available for, uh, you know, the program, and you will be uh, earthquake prepared. Well, it's an on-the-job on radio, and it's perfect. And I went to the Goodwill in Santa Monica, and, uh, you know, the Salvation Army there. There's a lot of guys trying to change their lives and women. And so it was, uh, I love it. It's perfect radio. But anyway, I shut it off so we can talk. But uh, at any rate, what I wanted to share was, uh, Pastor Scott, is the problem is, is everybody's treating uh, their um, party um, like it's their favorite football team in the NFL. It doesn't matter whether they've never made a, a Super Bowl appearance. It doesn't matter whether they've lost four Super Bowls in a row. It doesn't matter. They love their team. It doesn't matter to them. So they don't care if they're they're, they're going to sink with the ship. Um, they don't care. Do you feel like the, the bigger problem is that uh, people will just mostly vote R's and D's, whatever they, team they're on, and not pay attention? Well, they don't care. I mean, you know, when you talk to a Raider fan or, or, or a Detroit fan or, or anybody else, even people that have never made a Super Bowl appearance, that's their team. And unfortunately, you have people that that's been their team. They're a Democrat, and they will always vote Democrat. And this is dangerous. This is not a football team. This is for America. This is for what are we going to do? We are the beacon of light of the world. It's very important that we continue to do what we've done in the past. And we've hiccuped and we've, you know, burped along the way. Mm. But the bottom line is, is we're a beacon of, of the world. We're, we're, we have to come together and stop turning this into, uh, well, I was always a Democrat. Well, that, you know, this isn't your neighborhood. You know, I always went I to think people, uh, Yeah, I think people need to recognize a, a change. Ted, I appreciate your call. We're almost to a break Amen. here in just a second. 888-528-2557. You know, something I would say is, you know, within a worldly way of looking at it, for sure the United States has been, uh, you know, the beacon on the hill. Ronald Reagan would call us a, a city, a shining city on the hill. But it's taken from a biblical idea where actually it's Jesus. I mean, as as Christians, we have to recognize that the United States is not actually the light of the world. If you know, from a purely political standpoint, you know, you could you could definitely still even argue that today with all of our problems and with everything. And certainly we're declining in that role. Uh, but you look at all this border problem that we have. They wouldn't be coming here, all those people, for whatever reason, even if they hate us, even the people coming here to hate us. They hate us because we're the light of the world. Right. In, the, in that regard, there is still something great about our country. Uh, but I think that there needs to be something that should give us some peace in our heart to recognize that that we actually do know the light of the world uh, is Jesus. And Jesus, by the way, calls us the light of the world, not the United States, but Christians. Uh, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. 
And, you know, I think one of the questions that we could ask is, uh, we were asking this a couple of weeks ago, somebody said, uh, asked what makes, you know, what, when was America ever great? I can make a pretty good argument historically for the greatness of America, um, but you also have to acknowledge the, the problems that we have. But comparatively speaking, sure, we're great. But when we say make America great again, and uh, Donald Trump's not the first one to say that, by the way. Uh, you know, I somewhere we've got the clip. Maybe Wilbert can find it. We used to play it, but it's Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, uh, who says, well, I'd make America great again, because that was Hillary's uh, slogan for a while in 2008. Uh, and Newsweek or someplace wanted that to be uh, Bob Dole's slogan back in 96. It's not a new slogan. It's just Donald Trump put it on a hat and made it work. Uh, it's been around. But, you know, you become great by actually being great with whatever you want to describe you know, describe great as. And that would be a way that I would pray for our country and all of our leadership, that we would actually do great things and uh, continue to do the great things that we're doing or change wherever we're not. All right, I've got to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. You can follow me right now on social media. We've got some good stuff up there on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, X, and Facebook at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, uh, Mr. President. This was uh, President Biden at uh, his, uh, not really a victory speech because it wasn't in New Hampshire, but he was in Virginia. It was essentially a victory speech. And uh, this is something that he had to say. We'll teach Donald Trump, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. Now, who can argue with that? What did he, what did he say? We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. <laughs> what? What's he saying? You got any idea? What's he, what's he saying there? I feel like he wanted to say men and women, but he turned it into one word. Maybe something like now the context of the speech, he he's giving a speech and probably building his campaign on abortion and abortion rights. So the whole thing was about restoring Roe. That was what the big banner said there. Um, so it's the second part. I don't think I get it. So here, here's what he says. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. Don't mess with the women in America? Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit? Yeah. What is that? What? But what does that mean? I have no idea. You want to get? We'll teach Donald Trump a, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. <laughs> nobody, no, and nobody understands what that means. Now, to be fair, there was something that Trump also said that uh, people didn't quite understand. Uh, you know what he meant? Do I have that here? Where did that go? Here. Uh, here we go. Uh, here we go. Two nine. And then we do go to South Carolina, where we've done really well, where I've done well. We have a great governor and lieutenant governor and great everything, because almost every one of them have endorsed me. Two great senators, which is hard. I mean, did you ever think that she actually appointed you, Tim? So he's standing in front of uh, Senator Tim Scott, okay, of South Carolina, who had endorsed him and formerly ran for president, Tim Scott. And so he says, did you ever think that he's talking about Nikki Haley and uh, that she actually appointed you? And then he says this. (laughs) <laughs> and think of it, appointed, and you're the senator of his state, and she endorsed me. 
you must really hate her. <laughs> no. Nobody knows what he means by because she didn't endorse him. She's still running against him. And nobody's really quite sure what he was trying to say. I think he was referring to maybe he, she endorsed him in 2016 and 2020. But I don't know where Tim Scott fits in into this. You must really hate her. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. Uh-oh. I just love you. No, that's good. That's why he's a great politician. That's why he's a great politician. That was Tim Scott, uh, who probably did sense that. Uh, I don't know what that means either, but I'm just going to say I love you. You know, uh, Tim Scott is uh, is the real deal. You know, we're going to reach out. Maybe we'll get him on our show. If you ever want to just read a book that is positive about politics, about somebody's story, uh, about um, a candidate, you know, somebody like that. His book um, is super good. Uh, his book is called America, A Redemption Story, Choosing Hope and Creating Unity. Uh, I thought it was great. And I read a lot of political books and, you know, things that people, most people running for president, they crank out some book. But this one is pretty good. It's about his story. The beginning of it is his mom. His mom does the foreword. And the best part of the book might be that in the audio version, I got the audio version of it, because listen in the car, uh, she reads the, uh, you know, he reads the book, but she reads the forward, and she is so proud of him. I mean, it's unbelievable. And uh, that part was a really good book. This is a Pastor Scott show, and uh, we were reflecting a little bit about the election. I asked a couple of questions. One of them was, you know, who do you think is going to win the presidential election? Not, not who do you want to win. Who do you think is actually going to win? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. But we also kind of get into this area of what does it mean. Uh, that America would be great. Uh, Denise called in, left a message saying that uh, uh, America is great, and certainly we are great re- you know, uh, compared to other nations. For sure, that's the case. But there is something that I want to flush out a little bit in our thinking, not just with Donald Trump's Make America Great Again, but this is actually something that's been said a lot. In fact, during the break, do you have that ready, uh, Wilbert? That, uh, okay, he's going to get that. Did you know, I mentioned that Bill Clinton... Um, or that Hillary Clinton was using Make America Great Again in 2008 for a while. She switched it to something else eventually. Remember, she ran for president in 2008, and nobody else ran until uh, a first-term senator from Illinois uh, decided to uh, get in the race, and it was only him it was only him and Hillary, and uh, that's Barack Obama, and it took Democrats 10 minutes to uh, switch from her to Barack Obama. Um, she was saying Make America Great Again, but I just found it during the break because I looked. I didn't realize that Bill Clinton, when when he got elected, this is this is him running for president in 1991. I believe that together we can make America great again. And and when you go through when you go through his speech and the things he's saying, there's somebody put together a mix up of Donald Trump and Bill Clinton virtually saying the same thing just 30 years apart. So here's here's my question with it. I'm not mocking it. I'm not mocking any any part of it. I think that the reason, in fact, it resonates with people, make America great again, is because we both, number one, as a country, we say, yes, we have been great. You know, in the history of the world, no one has done more to lift people out of poverty or bring peace to the world than the United States. There are people today in our universities who want to argue with that. But historically, you really cannot deny that. Uh, There were there was one winner of World War One and one winner of World War Two, and it was the United States. Uh, if the United States doesn't do what it did in World War One or Two, we would not be here. 
There, in fact, there would be no Western countries except there would be Nazi Germany. Uh, that would have happened, right? There are great things that we have done. We've done amazing things. We've sent people to the moon. We've done all kinds of stuff. Uh, we have we face the sins of our nation, uh, slavery. We we face that to the point of civil war, and it was awful. We should have acknowledged our own values and never had it once we became a nation. We failed to do that, but we still dealt with that. We still recognize that there are civil rights issues. You know, 100 years later, you have Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement. Today, we're talking about those things in wrestling. We're wrestling with abortion. We're wrestling with moral issues today. Those are things that make us not perfect, but they make us a country that is really good that we're going to be able, in fact, to rescue those things. That's why your freedom of speech and other things matters uh, so much. Uh, Colin is pointing out that Ronald Reagan's slogan in 1980 was, Make America Great Again. And so here's the, here's the tension that I'm feeling with that. We acknowledge that we're great. We can all make that argument one way or the other with whatever failures and stuff. But we also have a sense that we must not no longer be great because we're going to make America great again, right? There is something missing. There is something that as a nation we sense is missing, and we're sensing that now. That's why Donald Trump's campaign resonates with people. We... There must have been something that in 2008 we said that. I mean, and these were periods of time that were difficult. You know, 2008, when you got the uh, the financial crisis going on, you know, you can understand why people would say that. When Ronald Reagan was elected, we had a terrible recession going on after uh, uh, Jimmy Carter. Whenever uh, Bill Clinton was running, there was a recession uh, at that period of time. So maybe it's something you say. But do you have any thoughts about that? 888-528-2557. Do you get the nuance here I'm making is that if you're saying make America great again, you're saying that America at least at one point was great. So if that's what you're saying, then what do you mean? I don't think that's exactly what people think, though. I think people think America is great, but we're missing something, that we're missing something that we feel like we once had, or maybe we never really had it. But, you know, when I think about it, you know, just from my perspective, you know, what makes a nation great? Uh, and there are great things. Uh, I meant to mention one of the callers said, uh, you know, we're in mourning because of our two Navy SEALs that died. We did, you probably don't hear, didn't hear it, but we did pray for them uh, earlier this week uh, and talked about that. You know, we care uh, about those things. But the nuance that I'm getting at here is if a nation on earth is going to be great, and I would acknowledge as a, as a pastor and as somebody who believes that one day Jesus is going to come back, and that one day every form of government, even the best forms of government, are going to fail. They're going to not produce whatever greatness is meant to produce. Now, that doesn't mean we don't fight for it, because it could be a thousand years before Jesus comes back. I know that people think he's coming back soon, and he, hopefully he is. But people have always thought he's coming back soon, and we don't know the time or the date. And in the meantime, we got to fight for the things that matter a lot. I'm concerned about the the loss of freedom and the loss of being able to speak because tyranny is very real. And I don't think that freedom is the natural inclination of people. I think that tyranny is where the natural inclination is of governments because people decide they want, you know, they want wealth or some famous person. It was uh, Tocqueville or one of those guys said that uh, maybe it was Benjamin Franklin who said essentially that as soon as Americans figure out they can vote themselves largesse, meaning we can just vote ourselves a bunch of money, then uh, we're done at that point. So that's the scary part, I think, that we're at now. You know, 
What do you say about what is it that people mean? 888-528-2557. And I don't mean the political sense. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about what does Donald Trump mean. Uh, I'm not even talking about what Bill Clinton meant or other people. But if there is a sense that we need to make America great again, uh, and I think that, that, pe- that res- certainly it's resonating, what does that mean, you know, practically? 888-528-2557. Grace in Calabasas, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Hi, Grace. So I'm 63 years old. I've been in America my whole life. I've traveled the world. I mean, I've traveled to a lot of places. Making great, making America great again is what it used to be when I was a young girl. I have fed the homeless, the, the poor veterans that are in the street. We're, we're funding these wars. Uh, I know that we funded... Uh, the Salvadorian War. Um, veterans have told me so much because I used to, I, I still feed people, but now it's more than veterans. Now we have young people, teenagers strung out on drugs. But I'm going to tell you what, um, I'm trying to keep this short and concise. I have had people, I've met people in my life that the, the money funneled by Big Pharma into children nine months, 15 months old. Just a couple Ritalin. seconds here. This is, okay, this is why these people are on the streets. That's what they did to our soldiers. Making America great again is what it used to be maybe when I was a young girl. So that would be, not you know, Grace, I got to go to a break, but I get your point. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk about that. You know, is that what people mean, like what it used to be when I was a kid? 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, great to be with you. Final segment of the day. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5. Always good to be with you. We take a look at issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And I've asked a couple of questions this hour and want to get your thoughts here, so I'll get your calls in a second. You know, uh, one of them was just kind of for fun. Who do you think is going to win the presidential election? Not not who do you want to win, but who do you think actually is going to win? Just, you know, if you were to place a bet, what would you say? Uh, 888-528-2557. You know, there's betting odds on that. If you go to these betting, you can bet on all kinds of stuff. Uh, Trump is leading in the betting odds a little bit. Biden is right behind him, naturally. You know who's third? Michelle Obama. Which, <laughs> I, there's a, there are people who are promoting that theory that Biden's going to, I'm a, I'm a guy who thinks that Biden may not be on the ballot. I think I got, there's really good reason to think that. But um, I don't know that Michelle Obama is the person who's going to be up there. But right now, if you were a betting person, you would say, you know, she's third. Uh, I think Hillary, just to, just to put it out there, because I need to put it out, I put it out in text somewhere. But see, I, I would imagine if Biden drops out at the convention, if this were to happen, this is all speculative, the Democrats will be in a panic. And how do you do a presidential campaign in uh, eight weeks? Well, you pick the person who's already done it, who everybody already knows, and you spin it around to uh, this is her second chance to defeat Trump and get what was actually supposed to be hers. And uh, don't don't think that's not possible. I think that is possible. Uh, not really the subject here. But the other one is uh, when we say make America great again and pointing out that Bill Clinton said, make America great again in 1991. That was part of his sales pitch. Uh, in 2008, Hillary Clinton was saying, make America great again in 1980. Uh, 
Ronald Reagan said, make America great again. There is a sense, you know, I think there's a reason that that slogan resonates with so many people. But what does that, I don't mean what does Donald Trump think it means. What does it mean to a person? So before the break, we had Grace who said that things were better when she was a little kid. And she started to, we had to go to, we had to cut away, but she started to talk about the homeless problem and the drugs and the stuff that we're giving kids and that we've moved into a direction, you know, what I would say is where a lot of things are allowable that they weren't that weren't allowable before. Is that what we're sensing? Like, what would it take to make that not resonate? Uh, you know, why? what would it take to put us on a situation where the country would be on right track instead of wrong track, where most people think it is? What, is, what does it mean? You get the nuance that I'm headed for? You can tell me. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Joe in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Bless you. Hi, Joe. Um... I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, uh, he is going to win it. Nope. Uh, no doubt about it. Who's going to win? Uh, Donald Trump. You think Donald Trump is going to be the winner? Okay. This is in destiny because I don't know. There's two people I want you to refer to. There's two uh, gentlemen. They're, they're really good, credible. One name is John at Patmos. He's a Jewish uh, minister. Also, Mike Dow. He's a an evangelist, he's really you know good with scriptures. All right, so I mean, all these things I'm going to tell you why he's going to win, so you can refer, you can look up these things. Like well, are they? I don't. I've got other calls I want to take. So are these people who are sort of prophesying, and that's what they think? Well, they're okay, um, kind of. But anyway, I'm just saying, okay, Trump is going to make peace. All right, he's going to make the peace accord with Israel. And he'll stop the war, all right? If he becomes and, uh, president. But, yes, you know, but is that is that something, and Joe, I'm asking this in a serious way. Is that because you know yeah, that yeah, there are people out there who are prophesying such a thing? Because yeah, what, what I'm talking that, about is just yeah. predicting. Yeah, yeah, but I looked it up myself, you know, looked up things like that. But uh, I, I can't give you also, but you know when President Trump went to Israel, you know they gave him a, a crown. You know they gave him a crown. Do you know that? When he was in Israel? Uh, you, I don't remember you know any of that, but you know... Okay, did, did you know he called himself the chosen one? Uh, that Donald Trump called himself that? Is, yes, he called... Did you know that... Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you know that uh, that his uh, building that he lives in, the Trump Tower... It's, believe it or not, it's 666 floor. Yeah. You know, Joe, I don't want to go down the road of those okay, kinds of okay, things, okay? And, and just, you know, Joe, because really appreciate that you're listening and everything. I put out this warning just to you, because so, there are sometimes some ministers or people out there who want to prophesy things. And I'll tell you what, in 2020, I had to deal, I was pastoring, and I had to deal with this with some people who were totally sold with the idea that Donald Trump would be reelected. And not talking about whether you think there was cheating or other stuff, but he didn't. Whatever you, however you look at it, he's not the president. He's not. And those people were so hurt because of these pastors who were saying that God told them. There's a difference between us playing just a game here. It's like, you know, what do you think? You know, and making a prediction. Uh, but if somebody is saying God told them that Donald Trump or Joe Biden or whomever is going to get elected, and then they don't stop listening to that person, they're not hearing from God. And, you know, and right now to say, well, God told me Donald Trump's going to be elected. Well, right now the betting markets have Donald Trump getting elected, right? I think if the election were held today, January 24th, I think he gets elected. I don't know if that's going to be the same in uh, 10 months 
or really nine months, because, by the way, the election starts in October, not November, with the mail ballots. Uh, all right, let me do more calls here, 888-528-2557. Um, George in San Bernardino, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Scott. Thank you very much for your show. Yeah. I appreciate you. Hi, George. And uh, I, in fact, know that Donald Trump's going to win. You know this for a fact. Oh, absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't believe in uh, uh, any uh, mystical revelations or nothing. But I do believe that it's a reality. You know, we see what Joe Biden has done to our country, and he has really messed it up really big time. So people want to see what was before when he handed the baton. Well, he really didn't hand it, but it was actually, um, yeah. Yeah, chaos. well, you know, it's an interesting thing about politics, I'll tell you what, is that uh, I think if the election were held today, the polls would say Donald Trump wins. But uh, Lyndon Johnson said it, and I think Biden is in tremendously unpopular, okay, across the board, for sure. Absolutely. However, the thing is about politics is this, is is Lyndon Johnson said, you know, today people might think that you're chicken doo-doo, but tomorrow they might think you're chicken salad. And uh, 10 months is a long time. A lot of things can happen and change during that period of time. So who knows? Who knows, George? I got to go to some other calls. I'm almost out of time. I don't think that Lyndon Johnson used those exact terms, chicken doo-doo. I think he used another word probably. But uh, I was like that because that's true with politics. You might think President Biden is the worst president in history today. But 10 months from now, uh, you might think he's all right. And the same is true about Donald Trump. You know, a year ago, before his all those indictments, Donald Trump was not polling well. He wasn't doing well at all. In fact, after the 2022 election, he was do he was in bad shape politically, and people were done with him. And then I think what happened is all those indictments came down, and it gave people a reason to vote for Donald Trump that they didn't have before. And, and today, he's more chicken salad than uh, than the other thing. So you, you just never know. That's the nature of politics. Here's the, uh, the the leading candidates in the betting market, okay? Donald Trump, number one. Number two, Joe Biden. Number three, Michelle Obama. Number four, uh, uh, our friend uh, Gavin Newsom. I take offense at our policies and strategies. Then Nikki Haley. Then Robert Kennedy Jr. And then Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris. Is it Kamala? I always thought it was Kamala. I thought we were told it was supposed to be Kamala. And now I think they're saying it's Kamala. I don't know. I mean, we do want to say it right. All right, 888-528-2557. Pat in La Mirada, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Scott. You're doing a good job. Uh, And I I think that if the election was was, um, uh, today, if if the machines were legal, Trump would win. And uh, secondly, uh, I believe the Word of God will not return void. If Christians obeyed the Great Commission, it could change the country supernaturally. Only one half percent of Christians evangelize. Six percent of churches have an active evangelism program going. So it, it, start, it, it ends and starts with Jesus. This is it's a uh, yeah. You know, I agree with you on the the latter point here. Is and the question I was going to ask you is: Do you think this is a whole other subject, and we're almost out of time? But yes. do you think that Christians rely on the government to do the work of the church? Well, even see. from the standpoint yeah. of evangelism, yeah, the government the government is trying to take over the activity that the churches should be doing. It's not that hard to deliver one track a day. If you deli- if the Christians deliver one track a day, one point five billion would come to Christ because the word will not return void. It's our only answer, and and people are getting saved left and right through gospel tracks. Fifty one percent come to Christ through gospel tracks. 
and it's not that hard. But this is the kind of country we have when we believers refuse to obey the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in evangelism. And John R. Rice said it's spiritual manslaughter to refuse to obey the Great Commission. I think that if we were doing, I appreciate your call, Pat, if we were being the church in some ways, and this is a whole other subject, but a good one, I think it it makes America great again, right? I think that, and being the church is something that it can't be, you know, there were people, for example, in the Civil War who thought that slavery was okay. You can't be wrong, right? You can't, there isn't, you know, that's one of the things that Lincoln, who I think was our greatest theologian president, you know, he pointed out that people on both sides uh, believed in their interpretation of the Bible. Well, obviously slavery is wrong biblically. Um, you've got to be right about that. But one thing that we're told is we want to share the gospel and make disciples. You do that relationally. And that, I think, makes everything better. I think it makes your, your household better first. It makes your neighborhood better. It makes your school better. It makes your community better. It can make a country better. In fact, the uh, that's the history of uh, the West, really, is people coming to Christ with all of the failures of the church. You're acknowledging the, the problems that have been there. If you study history and you find out why have people come out of poverty, why have people modernized, why has there been good things done, why is there charity, why are there hospitals, why are there these things, it happens when people are coming to Christ, uh, like legitimately, not just marking a box somewhere, you know, going to church, but actually caring for each other. There's a lot we can talk about. It's a, it's a subject that, uh, you know, it'll come in, but I think we got to make sure that we recognize that our hope is Jesus Christ, that the city on the hill is not the United States. As much as I think you should be a patriot and love the country, as much as I do, your your faith in Christ, the hope that we have to offer people, uh, doesn't change at all, regardless of however the elections turn out or what they're about. Uh, Don, I won't get to your call today. We have open line Fridays. You can always call back on Fridays with that subject. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you for listening, everybody. We're on from 3 to 5. You can get the podcast of any one of our hours. Just go to your favorite podcast app and look up the Pastor Scott Show and click follow or or you know whatever it says to do. Like whatever it is and follow us on the podcast. And you can follow us right now on social media. We're putting clips up and some other fun things from our program. Look for at Pastor Scott Show on Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, X, Twitter, TikTok, all of them at Pastor Scott Show. Everybody have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow.